This is going to be part two from two weeks ago. Because if you remember, that's good, you were listening. But my voice was pretty much absent. So thank you for enduring two weeks ago before the big game. But before we get to that, just a couple of housekeeping items. Um, you've probably heard it, and if you haven't, there will be a memorial remembrance service for Jim Bellison on Saturday, March 5th in this very room, sanctuary. And it'll be at 10 a.m. And um, we're going to celebrate God's faithfulness through an amazing man. And I shared last night, I've known Jim for about 20 years, but there was so much life before that that others are telling me and I'm reading about, and it's fascinating to, to hear of a life well lived. And the goal in all of our church is so when we expire, which we all will, people can look back and look up with clear conscience as God is their witness and say that was a life well lived. Not by works, but by faith in a gracious God and serving him all the days of our life. And that's the point. And we want to celebrate that. So if you want to uh, help out with food or whatnot, contact me and I'll contact the people. Other people have a lot. So come see me and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll celebrate. And one more announcement before I pray. I probably talk too much up here without praying. We have one picture. On March 6th, we want to do something very special. If you're not aware, we are in the process of merging two churches, right? And that's an awesome adventure. But on March 6th, we want to have a celebration service. And we literally just want to say, we want to celebrate what God has done and what we think he's going to do. And so this is a five-by-six-foot canvas that was uh, painted, drawn, sketched by some talented people. And if you, it's hard to see, there are leaves on this tree, and what we want to do is we want to do a reverse service. So don't be late, unless you want to miss a sermon, then be late. Just kidding, don't be late. We're going to preach first, and we're going to take communion as a body, and then over the last 15 or 20 minutes, we're going to play worship music, or we're going to sing, and when people are ready, we're going to ask people. Now, this isn't a membership thing. This isn't a uh, quasi-club thing, but if you and your family are affirming what God has done, bringing two churches together, we're going to ask you to simply sign your name to one of these leaves. And families can sign in one place. Other people can sign in one place. And the date is already on there. This isn't back to the future. You know, we're not already ahead. It's the 6th of March, and we have a verse on there, Ephesians 4.32. And this is going to be our remembrance piece as we continue to walk forward. And I hope you get why we put this verse on there. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. That could, in a de facto way, become our verse <laughs> as we walk forward. Because as issues come, both good and bad, I am literally at times going to point us to this piece, and I'm going to read what to my own heart and us, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And here's the clincher. We don't forgive to be better or forgive to gain. We forgive because Christ forgave us. And that is the great barometer of humanity, right? Christ forgave. So we're going to do that, and we're going to take some time. There will be a few instructions as we sign, just because when you see it unveiled, it's a beautiful piece. And when my eight-year-old signs, I want to make sure that she is within the parameters and others. So join us March 6th. If you can't be here that Sunday, don't worry. There's still time to sign and places to sign. We just want to um, celebrate together. And the last thing I'll say about that, since it is a bit of a different Sunday, if you would like to bless all of us with a potluck dish, bring something awesome. 
You can even bring Chipotle. I think it's safe to eat now. Or you can bring, but bring something awesome. And we'll hang out together and we'll celebrate what God's done. So that's uh, March 5th and March 6th. Join us those weekends, or that weekend, I should say, on those days. And let me pray. And we'll try and jump into Hebrews. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I pray for the Bellison family. Bring comfort, strength, joy. Father, we know and hold dearly that the passing from this life for the Christian is actually the birth of eternity. Um, Don't let me or us or anybody take that frivolously or trivially, but let us see that through the eyes of Jesus. So I pray grace and peace, and we thank you for Jim and his faithfulness. We thank you for your love for him and his love for you. As I open your word, help me to put Jesus on display and give us grace in Jesus' name, amen. So we're gonna try and get through Hebrews, just for a little bit again. Like I said, if you were here a couple weeks ago, you might see this as part two, it is. That was a pretty short sermon. You guys are like, amen. And so this could be short too, because it's two part, but we'll dig, because there's so much here. And the crux or the theme of the message, hopefully you understood, is you have a theology even if you've never heard that word before. You have a belief system about who God is, or if he is, that's a theology. You wanna really freak out some coworkers tomorrow, even if they're atheists, say, you have a theology, I don't agree with it, but you have one. They'll get really weird, and you can say, it's just your thought of understanding God. And if there is no God, that's a thought of understanding God. So we all have a theology, and we all have history and biases based on where we grew up, our gender, our ethnicity. We are shaped by a thousand different things. Who has a smartphone handy? Raise it up. Thank you, BJ. Another one. All of them. Your theology is daily shaped by that device. Do you get that? Because there's so much information that does what? bombards us, literally bombards us. Breaking, newsflash, this, that, this. I don't come down on smartphones, I use mine. I think we should try and redeem them, they're glorious. But it impacts us. Our hurts and the wrongs that have been done to us impact our theology greatly but usually we don't even know it because what do most of us do with our hurts and the sin that's been done to us or even the sin we've committed? What do we do? Bury it. We humans are funny creatures. We have short memories with the things that we often do to people, but with the things done to us, we bury, but we don't forget often, right? That impacts our theology, how we think and how we know and how we understand God. God in grace knew and knows this, so he gave us this amazing breath, the Holy Bible, the canon, the the sacred scriptures, in their entirety, 66 books or letters or poems or historical accounts written by 40 different people, probably all men, Hebrews, I don't know. I'm just going to say it. I don't know, so I'm not going to, but written by humans. Divided, 39 and 27, Old and New what? 
Testaments, right? Old Testament was given to a people, Hebrew people, Jewish people. I preach mostly from the New Testament. It's kind of my, got to work on that, but there's a reason. I get leery of preachers who only preach from the Old Testament, though. If I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the New Testament. I hope you're thinking. The Old Testament given to the Hebrew people and for humanity was like the moon and a dark night. That's a theme through Advent. I told you a few weeks ago, I have wakeboarded at Lake Shasta by the moonlight. It is amazing for about 20 seconds. And then you are scared because you only see certain things and by the time you're upon them, it's too what? Late. Like logs or logs or wood or I don't know, people, whatever they do out there, right? And in so many ways, the Old Testament is like that. It gives us faint glimmers of the light of the gospel to come in the person of Jesus Christ. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. Jesus said that after he rose from the dead. Luke 24. Remember he disguised himself? Don't you get it, guys? Everything in the law and the prophets was about me. That's what he said. Hebrews 9 says, there is a new and better way, the way of the crucified Messiah. And it literally means that. There is a new and better way, literally a more fulfilled way. Literally, God has put himself totally on display. And that's why the New Testament fulfills what God started. That has to come into our theology, otherwise we miss a lot of things. People who stand with megaphones in the middle of busy town centers on a soapbox and read only one or two verses from Leviticus I have no respect for. I've talked to these people. I've actually done that, but I read the Bible from the New Testament. And I read Isaiah 55 talking about Jesus. Now, hear me in that. I think we should be going out talking to people about Jesus but if our whole theology is two verses from Leviticus, we've missed it completely. When Jesus shows up in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in 1944 in Germany, in Baltimore, in St. Louis, and then other places where tension rages, he changes everything, or he changes nothing. And how does Jesus appear? The scripture, Hebrews 1.1. We saw it, but let's just read it. I kind of paraphrase this. Long ago, I talked about it, through the prophets, and through the wisdom literature, and through the Psalms, and through the historical accounts of God's people, God spoke. And he spoke through the fathers, the ancient Hebrew fathers and the prophets. You know the prophets, both minor and major. He did this, but in our time, verse 2, in these last days, and we're not in some apocalyptic weirdo last days, we are in the days in which God has said, here I am, here it is. 
There's nothing else coming. Do we get that? Don't listen to people on the radio who live out in Nevada that say, I received a dream from God and this is as good as scripture. Turn it off and go, thank you, I'll sleep better now. In these last days, after Jesus arose from the dead, after he hung out for seven weeks, after he was transfigured and after other things happened, after people wanted to build a monument for him there, he ascended to heaven and God has said through the writers, here it is. I bring up theology in this verse in part two. Folks, if our personal belief as Christians goes anywhere outside this capital S-O-N, Jesus Christ, we're off. He must be the epicenter of our faith, our belief, our theology, and our practice. Otherwise, we've missed it. It's very simple. And that's why most of the times I miss it. I don't like simple. None of us really like simple. That's why we have smartphones, right? (laughs) Jesus and God sending him forth is the exact icon or imprint of what? God's nature. Verse 3, Timmy. That's where we're at. Say it this way, Pastor. God has said everything he wants to say to you and us and this world through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And that's the beauty of it. As I said two weeks ago, if someone disagrees with that, we love, we respect, but we have an issue theologically at that point, right? Because our theology as Christians are based on the word of God and it is only based on the word of God if it points to Jesus. Because you can, I, and I can make the Bible say whatever we want, really. I don't want you to start a cult. I don't want you to get rich. I don't want you to do any of that. But the Bible can be used to damn people. It can be used for personal gain outside of our understanding that all of it points to Jesus, or none of it does. The Old Testament, real quick, is an approximation, yeah, I said it, it's not blasphemy, it's biblical, of who God is and what he's like. Uh Uh-oh, are you feeling weird? I'm doing a lot of homework, or trying to, my wife does more, she's much smarter, that's comforting in church, right? Um, both of my girls, older ones, Kayla and Ashlyn, they love math that you can give an estimate. Anybody like those problems? Remember those problems? So the one I have down here is, what is 12 times 9 and give me an estimate? 120. How did I get there? That's not the exact answer, but 12 times 9 is really close to 12 times 10, and you guys can do 12 times 10 right now. Go 120. That's the Old Testament. It's not blasphemy. It's what Hebrews 1 1 through 3 says. The Old Testament is a general revealing of who God is and what he's like. The New Testament is the exact imprint in the Son, Jesus. Roll with that when you think theologically. 
We have to interpret all of Scripture, all of our study, and we want to study and we want to know through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus or we're off, and I'm off. So if we being Christians are called to understand the life of Jesus in this Bible, we must read about him in the Old and New Testament. The most famous benediction there is, Numbers, chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you, could probably say it, and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you what? Peace. Amen. But it's abstract, right? What does that mean? Deepak Chopra tells me I get peace this way. Joel Osteen tells me I get peace this way. Oprah tells me I get peace this way. John MacArthur is this way. Dr. Piper is this way. I met John Brevere in Hawaii. He's a pastor, big pastor. He says this way. We read this benediction in light of Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. The Lord bless you and keep you as he has in Christ. Christ paid for your sin. That's blessing and keeping. Amen? The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. How has the Lord shined his face upon you? The gospel of grace. Receive freely, Jesus says. Receive forgiveness and receive love from the Father through me. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. We try to learn all through Advent, the way of Jesus is the way of peace. One of the practical ways of the Lord giving you peace is walking in peace. Walking as a peacemaker, the way Jesus walked as a what? Peacemaker. On the cross, next to two criminals, he could have rained down thunder and lightning and been just, but what did he say? Father, forgive them and them. They don't know what they're doing. When he rose again, what were the first words to the women? Yeah, women. Peace be. Because the thought was, Messiah was crucified. He's perfect. He's just. Messiah was wrongly tortured, and it was a kangaroo court. And once maybe the band of brothers thought, oh, this is going to be amazing. Jesus was an innocent man with all the power in the world, and he was put to death wrongly. He's been raised I can't wait for UFC 1. It's going to be awesome. Jesus is going to come back and drop the hammer on all the sinners. And what were his first words? Peace be with you. So hopefully that small illustration is how we can see Jesus through the whole body. There's a thousand others. We just have to look for Jesus. We have to look and be guided by the writer of Hebrews. If we have questions about God, some of them can be sought in his word. Some of them we might not know until that side of glory. We look to the word, and as we look to the word, we see it pointing to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The Bible isn't abstract. There's a theme and a method to its madness. His name is Jesus Christ. I used... This one two weeks ago, so I'll use a more intense one. Passage in Leviticus says we should stone anyone who is not heterosexual. How do you deal with that, Christian? 
Because I could probably make you not believe the Old Testament if you went down a certain road. I could, and I'm not smart. Wait till smart people get a hold of us, amen? We look to the life of Jesus in the New Testament. We look to the Sermon on the Mount. We look to others who were caught blatantly in quote-unquote stonable sins, and we see the way the Son of God responded and reacted with grace, mercy, kindness, forgiveness, and exhortation. Let's be diligent Christians. Let's be wise Christians. Let's not take the bait in the next seven months in this country with the election coming. Let's not be filled with fear or hate. Jesus never was. Let's discern the times and walk in peace. I know you don't want to hear this, but God spoke dimly in the Old Testament. But then as we learned during Advent, when he gave us the bright morning star, we can all see clearly now. As I close, a couple of illustrations. We were fortunate enough to be taken to Hawaii last week. It was rough, but we missed you, right? It was wonderful. It was beautiful. And here's one picture. Look at that. Who wants to go? Raise your hands. The rest of you will pray for honesty in church. Isn't this amazing? Sunset, beach, cove, wave, people, palm trees. Is this one of the most beautiful pictures you've seen? It's up there, right? It's from an iPhone. Think think about that. This is the Old Testament. Right there. Wonderful. It tells me there's a creator. He created the sun and the trees and the sand and the water and the clouds. Jesus shows up. Next picture. And if we don't go to Jesus, even though that's beautiful in the sun, we miss the true majesty of who he is and what he's done and how he wants for us to receive forgiveness and mercy and grace and then go what forward and do likewise. That's a more beautiful picture. Not just because my daughter's in there. I'm in awe, right? And I could go really far with this turtle because when you have a sermon halfway done and you're coming back and you're, and you're snorkeling with turtles, as you swim with this guy, God just throws things at you. Effortlessly, we swam with him. We went all over. We went to the deeps. We went everywhere. And he was kind and gentle to us. And he almost entertained us. If you don't know, that's Jesus. Now, the analogy goes further. He went into shallow water, which is tough for us because you get scrapes on your knees sometimes, Right? It happens. And the analogy breaks down because of creation, but go back one more time to me, sunset. Old Testament, wonderful. Forward. Let's not forget what Jesus and who he's been revealed to be, the exact imprint of God. Just yet forgiving. Can become righteously angry. We want that but perfect in that reaction. Holy yet approachable. The scriptures calls him both lion and lamb. That's Jesus. Let me pray. We're going to close with one more song. After that, we would love to see you over there. We'll do some fellowship and uh, hopefully talk more about this Jesus. The reason why I'm here, the reason why Jeff's here, the reason why other leaders and deacons are here are to talk about Jesus, the center of the Bible. If 
that's foreign to you, if you don't understand what I talked about, if your heart's been moved in any way, we're starting to get a room together, and I'll meet you over there for a few minutes after. And I just want to talk, pray, do whatever. But this time is about Jesus, and that's why we're here. So let me pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your creation. Thank you for understanding. Bless your people. Be gracious to them. Be gracious to us. In Jesus' name, amen.